Auto One Podcast Network. This podcast is hosted by three sentient beings. One of them's hot, one of them's not, and one of them looks like a bowl of snot. You decide who's who. Hey, in the meantime, the views and opinions of the participants of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast are those of the participants and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinions of Creative Writing, the Moto One Podcast Network, or any of its affiliates. Moto One made us say that, by the way. Enjoy the show. everybody welcome back to another fabulous episode of your favorite podcast and still the only podcast that you still listen to and don't watch creative writing with me today in the studio is junkie and i'm your host but gobbleman <laughs> and on this week's show uh, that was a little out of left field but i really wanted to be but gobbleman uh this week, Mike uh, didn't want to be Butt Gobbleman last week, but yeah, we got the Beast Man uh, on this week's show from uh, GSX S uh, uh, six hundred FM, the Squid, and uh, we're going to be talking about some crazy predictions. We got a couple events that are coming up just next month, so we really need to start talking about them. And this is our holiday episode, so what's sadder than a hundred and thirty-two year old man sitting in his uh, gar- smelly, leaky garage by himself with a bunch of moths and rats chittering about, than doing it with uh, someone as as um, prestigious as the Beast Man on the phone with him. Uh, that's how I'm spending my Christmas. Hopefully, you guys are having a better one than that. Beast Man, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I was hoping Tobor would be here. I'm a little insulted. He's oh, not. shit. That's right. I did not hook up Tobor for the show. Yeah. You know what, Tobor? I think here's, here's what I think. Here's what I'd like to do. But you know how, you know what I like and what I do is uh, two totally separate universes that will never meet. But uh, Tobor's Christmas special, that's got to be a thing, right? One of these years, we should do. I'll do a Tobor Christmas special with them. It doesn't have to be a thing, and maybe it shouldn't. But now <laughs> that you've mentioned it, I have an odd, sickly, strange feeling that it will, that it, it yeah. shall manifest. Oh man, Tobor's Christmas, Tobor's Christmas uh, of destruction. I don't know what he's, he uh, he he'll title it. I have no idea, but yeah. So hey, uh, I'm really excited to get into this week's show um, and talk about. Uh, future predictions for 2024. Now you may be thinking, "Hey, M- uh, MEC or whatever it was, or M- MIC, um, and uh, what's the other one? ICMA and uh, a few other things have happened already in 2024, 2023, where people are telling us what what they're putting out in 2024. What possible predictions could we have for 2024? Well, we will get into those in a minute." Um, and I also have the word of the week and I don't know Beastman, you familiar with word of the week? 
I am. Yeah. I surprisingly have heard your show before. I mean, it's nowhere near as big as drive time on GSXR 600 FM, the squid, but you know, I, word of the show is, has, has crossed my desk before. Right. Um, so the word of the week, we're going to say it now, right? This, right. The second, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, we don't say it during the rest of the show because if we do, one of us will have to do a punishment. And since uh, you're not going to be around uh, after this week, it'll probably be me that has to do the punishment. So um, if somebody hears the word in the show sometime after we make it official, then they can uh, send us a timestamp uh, to create writing podcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or whatever. Whatever comes in first, I'll give you something out of the box of junk. And uh, that is my famous box of crap that I keep throwing from the walls of the studio into this box of completely useless crap that I have sitting next to me at my desk. And with that, this week's word of the week, oh my God, really? This week's word of the week is track. We're going to make the word official right now with a brand new horn that I put on my SR250. Who chooses these words? Uh, I get them off of the word of the week page that you can find on, uh, it's a group on creative writing. So if you go to creative writings, Facebook page, um, and you know, it's one of those like Facebook group things that you can do. People submit them there. They used to submit them all over the place. Email. Like one time I got a carrier, one time I got a brick through the front window. There was a lot of words written on that one, but the one that stood out to me was freak. Um, so we made that one the word of the week, but yeah, you can, um, you could, the easiest way is to go to the actual official Word of the Week Facebook group page and uh, submit a word there. Quickly, before we do predictions, you know I love to do this, and I know you hate to do this, but I'm going to do it to both of us right now, uh, this very second. We, need to, we do need to talk about a couple upcoming events just because they are right around the corner. So um, there's Christmas. Yeah, New that's coming Year. up. Well, don't forget Festivus. Hanukkah, oh, yeah. Kwanzaa, Diwali, Boxing Day, and I mean that's all like within one week. And then there's like the New Year and whatever you do after the New Year. Oh, the the uh, Rose Parade is coming up. That is right by my house, and that is going to be fun times. Um, and actually, no shit. Uh, the Rose Parade on the thirty first, the SoCal Norton Owners Club. I think they're just go by the SoCal Norton Club now. They uh, have a little meet down at Lucky Baldwin's Trappist, uh, which is on the actual parade route. And we all line up there with, you know, bikes from like 1903 to 2025. We have bikes of the future there. Uh, and yeah, so there's a whole bunch of bikes to get there. And we just watched the the parade of people going up and down um, Colorado Boulevard. Uh, you know, there, there's like a parade before the parade because everybody that's camped out that's here from Wisconsin and Michigan and New Jersey and some people from Australia, believe it or not, uh, they come over to watch the Rose Bowl. And um, so the local local community and car clubs and stuff like that just cruise up and down uh, Colorado Boulevard looking at all the freaks from out of town. And inadvertently, they become sort of a parade and show. So that's actually going to be pretty fun. So that, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I got a question for you. So the Beastman here is more of a uh, two and four wheeled sports kind of thing, not so much with mm-hmm. the sticks and balls. Mm-hmm. What is the Rose Bowl? I think it is a hockey game. 
I myself am a wheels, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a wheels kind of guy. No, the Rose Bowl is uh, is a football. It's a college football game. Okay, college. And, All right, and it is hosted at the Rose Bowl in the Arroyo, which is I don't know, five hundred and seventy three years old. It's a uh, it's really beautiful, I got to say. And and the Rose Parade, I think, was started by the people that founded Pasadena. This is back when Pasadena was like a day's trip from downtown Los Angeles. Like Pasadena used to be the boonies where people came to get away at one point. And now you have to go like an hour east of L.A. for, for that. Is the Rose Bowl like the same teams of, every year? Or No, it's not even – it's just a bunch of flowers uh, – bang into each other down in the stadium down there, I think. I don't even think it's actual fo- football teams. Because, well, near here, there's um, there's the border war, which is always the, the game between CSU <laughs> and someone else, uh, the Chey- whatever the fuck the Cheyenne team is called. Uh, I see. I thought you were coming to us from s- southern Texas, and I was going to say, yes, indeed. But yeah, I forgot you're in Colorado, yeah. Yeah, the, the border. Wars. Yeah, hey, I, we have we we have that in California too. I mean, we got it all, man. <laughs> we got it all. <laughs> so, but you know the Puppy Bowl that they do every year. I think the Rose Bowl is like that. They just put they tape a bunch of flowers to football and then like roll it around. You know. Well, there's an Orange Bowl too, isn't there? Yeah, I want to say that's in um, Florida or wherever. Wherever. I mean, maybe I don't from. know. Yeah. I, 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 There's I probably a Peach Bowl in, in, uh, in Georgia. There's probably a Gator Bowl in like wherever alligators are. The Gator Bowl seems like it'd be Florida, but I think the Orange Bowl's Florida for some reason. Yeah, the Beastman's a real sharp guy, but two things the Beastman can't keep track of. What the formulas are for what days holidays fall on and what sports games are called, like events are called. Yeah. I, I don't... You know, obviously, I mean, I, I got the Super Bowl, right? That's 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 the championship game. But all but the when other is bowls, that? I, when does that happen? You tell me. I don't think that happens on the same day every year either. Well, it's no, yeah. You have to like watch the news to find out when that is. Oh my god, I don't know. What, what a dire, what a dire thing to do. Yeah, no, I don't know. But you're right. It's that is it. That's almost harder than you know pre-calculus is figuring out. I mean, I think the people that actually figured out the Gregorian calendar had an easier time than people trying to keep track of like what days all this crap falls on every year and like when sports games are going to be like or like when the fuck is Easter, right? Dude, the guys that made up the calendar didn't even have. They just did it the same day every day. They, that's why their calendar is so I know, easy. Like Easter is already is happened. Like, is like is like twenty six days after the Super Bowl every year, and that's how we know when right. Easter starts. Oh right? shoot! Oh my god! Yeah, uh, you know how you could track it is it's after Anaheim too. You could you could definitely Anaheim two always usually happens at pretty much the same close to the same weekend. We, yeah, let's do, we should do that in order to track. Wait, what day is Christmas these, in July? That's a good question. I think it's the 25th of July. Oh yeah. Duh. I knew that. <laughs> but you know what? I think you're onto something. I'm going to make a 2024 calendar real quick because that's like, you know, a week away and I'm going to put, yeah, you don't have much time. <laughs> yeah, I really got to start working on this tonight. How are we going to know what days it is? I'm going to put it on there, the days corresponding. It's This is 26 days after Anaheim 2. 
you know, motocross. This is 14 days after the uh, Qatar test for MotoGP. You know, this is, you know, that's how we're going to figure out. We're not going to, I, I think that you have just solved, solved this some is of the a system the beast man could keep up with. Yeah. That's, that's exactly why we need this. We need this system. Uh, that was a great, great offering, by the way. I think uh, I'm going to run with that. Uh, but really, it just comes uh, to me, man. Everything I say and do I'm should be recorded. You, that and and it literally is right now. And there you go. And the one other, one more thing that's worth mentioning is that January 13th, the Built Well Parts and Labor Show is going to be happening in Del Mar. The one reason I want to mention this: Wait, is how many days after the Super Bowl is that? That is actually six days before the Super Bowl. So you, it's not going to be conflicting weekends. See, that's something else that people that really plan motorcycle events need to do if we're really ever going to get motorcycling on the map. They need to never schedule it on a same weekend as any other sport, which I know is kind of like really hard to do because uh, there's plenty of sports out there. But that would be one way to get motorcycling to be... Uh, you know, viewed highly viewed is just pick pick the times when there's not another sport on and boom. What what are all these people fiending for some action going to watch? Motorcycling, but um. So so seven days before the Super Bowl, you should get your ass to the uh, Pat O'Brien Pavilion at the Del Mar Fairgrounds, and the Biltmore Parts and Labor Show is going on. It's going to become. This is my prediction. <laughs> Here's a prediction that I didn't even write down, but this is the great one to start out with. This show is going to eventually replace uh, IMS, uh, the, you know, the California show at least that used oh, to. Oh, I thought uh, you were talking about creative writing. Well, yeah, the uh, it, it's going to replace this show. <laughs> no, this show isn't going to replace IMS, but we should. I mean, we could do, we could try that. Very expensive to try and replace. I heard IMS. a rumor that the the host of creative writing was going to get replaced by Harry Ken Mills. You know what? I got one foot out the door and one foot on a banana peel. I am very, I'm in hot water here because of what you do to the president. You and Pete from Moto, uh, you know, Nokomoto, you guys, you guys drive the president up the wall and I don't know the man as well as Moto G Pete, but I'll tell you this about the, the Moto one podcast network studios president. I got no respect for the guy. <laughs> Who does? Except for me. And that's why he takes it out. He knows I'll bend the knee. He knows I will bend the damn knee. Well, but. I think your sometimes co-host, sometimes co-host Mike, uh, has a little bit of a relationship with the Moto One president. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. my secretary told me we had to do some like highs or lows or something. I'm being handed notes oh, here. Well. Yeah, you're you're doing a better job of running the show than I am, and I I have the format here in front of it's me. It's called professionalism. Uh, it Broadcast is. experience. That's why I don't have my own show on Moto or on GSXR 600 yet, but I am working hard on it. Tobor has his own show, but I don't. Can you believe that? Um, anyways, wrapping up this uh, events thing real quick. Uh, Brady Walker is going to be hosting a vintage motorcycle corral at the Parts and Labor Show. That's all I'm going to say about it. Let's get into this week's show. Let's do this week's highs and lows with the Beast Man on not GSX R1600. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to, you know, guest guests, uh, not choice, but guests, uh, guests first. I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say here. You are the guest, so you, you start us off with your highs and your lows. Does one have to come first? 
you pick the sequence, you pick the order, and then you pick how you're going to deliver it. Just make sure I'm sitting down and ready if it's going to be like a whopper, like, hey, you know, I'm right behind you in the studio or something like that. Well, I, I think my highs was um, <clears throat> uh, last weekend we did a uh, one of these uh, charity toy runs, and I had a few people come along. Let's see. Um, uh, Claire, she, she had done this before, but on the back of my bike. So this is the first time she rode it herself. And then I had two friends come along as well who had never done any sort of like quotes, Harley or biker event, let alone, uh, a winter ride or a toy run. Right. And it was a little shocking to them how many, you know, Confederate flags and Looney Tunes tattoos <laughs> that they saw. <laughs> Uh, but by the end of it, they got into it and they were like, oh, we should come back next year with leather vests that have a whole bunch of just flaming liberal patches on them. And, right. and I said, you know what? You 100% should. Because if any yeah. of these like shit kicking Harley dudes had anything to say about it, they could just snap right back with, well, isn't this all about being able to say the freedom to say whatever the fuck I want? And who cares who's pissed off? Right. Right. That you know, so it's like, hey, you you got your politics on your vest, I got mine. So I was like, you guys should one hundred percent come back and do this. And I I I didn't expect them to. I knew that uh, that uh, that Mike would enjoy it, but I didn't expect Laura to enjoy it as much as she did. I thought it was a big win. We 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 brought a lot of gifts for you know for the kids at Christmas more than we needed to, and we had a fantastic day. It was like 57 degrees and sunny the whole time. It was the greatest ride you could have in the middle of December. And it was just a fantastic day. And then uh, it was uh, Laura's uh, birthday too. So we came back and we drank wow. Vuv Clicquot with Taco Bell. It was really oh, great. Geez. Yeah. Highly recommend just, the Vuv with Taco Bell. You said really great, but that not that a direct contradiction to what you just said you ate? <laughs> That does not sound really great to me. <laughs> sounds horrid. Really? I, I enjoyed I it a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess Taco Bell makes me, you know, gives me um, uh, projectile diarrhea. So maybe, maybe it's just me. Helps. Maybe it's just me. Um, oh, okay. There you okay. go. So burn it. Do, burn it before do it goes do, down. Do I go straight to my low, or do you go to your higher low? Yeah. No. No. Now, now you go to your uh, to your low. Oh, well, my low is um, uh, I was listening to the show last week and I heard that Mike is putting a fucking car tire on the back of his Goldwing. And being a Goldwing rider myself, this is. This makes the Beast Man sad, okay? <laughs> so a Goldwing uh, 1500 is not just a good handling bike it's not a it's not a bike that handles well for its size it just handles well period and to put a car tire on the back is just absolutely insane now he may have he was saying something about being overweight for the tire like the whole bike was too big why doesn't he just yeah. buy the correct tire Here's the deal. So what had happened was they were at the Kernville camp out when his back tire 
started to delaminate about a hundred miles before they reached the actual campground. And the campground is, uh, from what I understand, well, Kernville isn't very big. It's an old like mining town. It's kind of like an old ghost mining town from, uh, you know, California's early history. So I guess there's only one motorcycle shop up there, but the Kernville campout does bring hundreds of people, hundreds of motorcyclists on one weekend. And he did say the guy was like kind of pissed off about it. Like he doesn't want to get, he doesn't want to be the only motorcycle tire shop on the weekend when there's going to be hundreds of rowdy bikers in town. He wants to be put on his potentially hand over fist money-making weekend. He wants to be left alone. So the only tire that he had that would fit the Goldwing was a Kenda and the Kenda uh, cost three times what a Kenda should <laughs> to begin with. And it debated on him when he had his kid on the back a couple weeks ago, like a week ago or two. And he looked at the weight rating on the tire and it was already 200 pounds less than what the gold wing weighed, you know, right. But we're talking about a vehicle designed by Honda's best engineers. Yeah, yeah. There exists a proper motorcycle tire that will take the weight. Oh yeah. He, so I, why I, the car tire? Well, because because it wouldn't be called dark siding if it was uh, if you just put a regular motorcycle tire on it. That'd just be called reg- right. regular. Why is siding. he dark siding? Because it sounds evil. He does. He's not ne- <sighs> necessarily doing it, hoping to get better performance. He, right now, he needs some no, street he's hoping cred. To get more This is not the way to get street cred. The, the, yeah, from the dark siders, from the dark side. See, he he wants to sound mean and evil, and he wants to get street cred from all the old guys that say, "Oh yeah, yeah." All these guys saying, you know, all these guys like Beast Man that come in here and tell us what we can and can't do on our motorcycles. Whatever you know, they, he probably has a rebel flag on the back of his jacket now too. Dark siding is motorcycling's conspiracy theory. It's motorcycling's flat Earth or QAnon or whatever, right? It's hard for some guys to accept that they're tie- They're just going to get something like fifteen to twenty five thousand miles max out of a tire when the cheapest car tires on the fucking planet do 45,000 miles. It's just hard for some of these guys to accept that. So they've come up with this wacky idea that if you can just get a car tire to fit on the rim of your bike, then you've unlocked this secret. You have this special knowledge that no one else has. And the industry, those fucking people are just trying to scam you into motorcycle tires. They make these tires that are round (laughs) instead of flat just to squeeze money out of you, man. You know, because if, look, if car tires were superior, motorcycle tires just wouldn't exist. Right? Uh, Yeah, no. It's a a whole Uh, flat earth mentality and it's stupid and it's well, fine. it's a flat, it's a flat tire mentality. He literally had a flat tire, and so he said, "You know, I'm going to go with a tire that has no profile, that's just flat." And now I'll literally have a flat tire, but it will be ironically inflated. I think is what his goal is. I don't think he's planning on going around corners either, because you know, you know, as much as I do, dark siding. Yeah. There's no, 
There's no pro. You can't go corners. You can't go corners. It's like an on and off switch on corners now. Yeah, but you and, know what? And after he plans my latest, on like putting his child on this vehicle with a fucking car tire yeah, on listen, the back listen, that has like dude, no contact patch. After my latest mishap, he he talked me into getting a car tire on the back of my bike. I just need to find one that fits. I'm putting an I'm putting For a all terrain. These like gonna be like geometric no, tires on my on my SCR. Oh, okay. On the I'm trying to think, yeah, I'm, not the I actual size, you. but spiritually, what car tire goes on that? Um, on Spamala? No, on the on the SCR, right? Like I don't even care mm, if it fits, but like what what cars tire? You know, a a Jeep Renegade because it's a vehicle that was quote made for off road, but nobody's ever going to take it off road because it won't go off road without massive modifications. You're close. See, because the problem is that people have heard of the Jeep Renegade and, you know, no one's heard of the SCR. I mean, you know, weirdos like us have, but like, you know, the general public hasn't. So you're very <laughs> close to the Renegade. It's, I think it's the tires off a of Jeep Liberty. That, that's actually more appropriate. I was th- trying to think of what the crappiest Jeep that people go, oh, Jeep, those go off road, but you could never take it off road. I think Jeep Liberty <laughs> fits that, like totally fits that to a D. Yeah. Great minds. We're coming together here. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's my high and low. What have you got? Well, uh, hello, beast. What? Man, Junkie cannot keep me from talking to you. Oh my God. Did you hear that? Tobor. I, you just Tobor? came out of nowhere. Shut the fuck up, Tobor. <laughs> I agree that you two are idiots to the 10th degrees. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to turn him off. Tobor. Hey, Tobor, what do you think about Junkie's job being taken by Harrykin Mills? I told him he was not allowed to comment on that. (laughs) (laughs) He he knows damn well. Well, his eyes are flashing in a really weird way. Yeah. I I don't know. Is he about to say something? He looks angry. He is angry. For someone whose facial expression never changes, he looks pretty (laughs) angry. Just his his mouth parts light up. Can Mills to do a much better job? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) what the hell? That made no sense so far, but I loved it. I'm here for it. All right, I got to turn him off. He's going to interfere with the circuits here. But Tobor, he's he's trying. He's climbing at the. He's climbing at the. uh, His his. I call it his microphone. It's actually just like a little. Uh, it's a fake mic. Don't tell him it's not plugged in anything. His audio circuits go straight to the board and I have to turn off his channel. But Yeah, he bleaches yeah, wow, like from one of his actual teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pretty much, literally. He doesn't realize how connected he is. When he goes down sometimes, I have trouble like logging back into the system. So, But yeah, he's he doesn't know it, but he's kind of turned off right now. But yeah, no. What did he say? Carrie Can Mill do a better... I don't even know what the fuck he said, but yeah. So hurricane mills. Yes, exactly. Not hurricane mills, by the way, which is exactly where I thought we were going. That mother. We'll talk about that later because I, I'm looking right at the, the racetrack right now. But my highs and lows this week. Um highs. I gotta say, um, I just wrecked like 12 days ago. <laughs> so your high, my high is wrecking your bike. Yeah, we talked about it on the last episode. I lived to crash. Dude, I am the uh Uli Steck of uh crashing and I'm I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to Uli Steck to that. I uh you know what? My high is that um I was never down and out. 
I was in a little bit of pain and I really couldn't flex my right knee for a couple of days, but like 12 days on, I'm pretty much, I'm getting my lower back back, which is good. Um, I don't know how the fuck I landed. I got to tell you, dude, I'm I'm still baffled and I'm still trying to replay it in my mind. All I remember is flipping off the back of my bike and uh, just seeing sky until I didn't, until I saw the ground. Uh, and I don't know if I landed halfway on the sidewalk and fell into the street because I didn't like just do a backward somersault. I kind of rolled sideways. So I think I landed with my back halfway on the sidewalk because the way my back was bruised it started on my left, my right um, middle of my back and went diagonal down across my butt cheek. So I think I landed diagonally on the edge of the sidewalk. But uh, regardless, having taken a, I don't know how many feet plummet onto the sidewalk and into the street, I'm remarkably fine. Like I can't thank my lucky stars enough. Probably an 80 ton safe is going to fall off a plane and smash me right now, which would be my low. But yeah, my highs is that I'm feeling a lot better about stuff. Um, I did finally get a chance to crack into the repair manual for my bike and it turns out it will run without a meter. Um, the only things that it won't run is if there's three possible sensors that are uh, sending a code. Now, since I can't, since I don't have a meter to look at to see what code it's flashing. Uh, I would just have to check them manually. One is the tip over sensor, which hmm, I think that may be the biggest culprit right there. Uh, the second one is the side sand switch. And then one's the crank sensor, which is so deep in the engine and it really just like laid over that I, I doubt that's it. Well, you can reset the tip over sensor, right? Usually? Uh, it says you can. And it says, but it says to check for a certain parameter, like a certain number of settings. Uh, on it to see if it like got too damaged. So that's what I need to do is I need to take it out, hook it up to a continuity meter and see how much signal it's getting. You know, I like the SCR, but I I have to say uh, I'm genuinely surprised that it even has a tip over sensor. Oh, like all all bikes do pretty much nowadays. So I guess don't. I only own old ancient shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like the only modern thing I own is that Honda Gyro. Yeah. And that's yeah. just weird in all kinds of other different ways. But everything else I own is just super ancient from like the, the newest bike I have is 1979. Yeah. Yeah. And the tip over sensor that is when you fall over and gas can't get into the carb anymore. It just stops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's uh Spamela's tip over sensor. I think the I think the um VFR has a tip over sensor and it's a ninety seven, but I think that you know, a little bit more like huh performance-minded bikes did have tip-over sensors, so they didn't run. Uh, of course, I've never fallen over on it yet, fingers crossed. Oh, my God. You know, hopefully I never fall over on that thing. Is but. the tip-over sensor just like a, like, a, like, a, like a ball bearing on a track that makes a contact? Or is, you know what, it, the old or ones is it like probably part of were, like an IMU or something? The old ones probably were, but a lot of new bikes, like I was just looking at the SCL 500 from... Honda, you know, and that thing, a lot of them have them right in the front and they kind of look like a, they kind of look like an IMU, but obviously the SCL doesn't have an IMU, you know what I'm saying? But, um, but it looks like an IMU. And I was, when the IMUs first came out, I was wondering how they, oh, I think you said the word of the week, by the way. Thank you. Now I have to give somebody a piece of trash for my box. Um, oh, right. I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 
<laughs> and I think that that was a great drop too. And I need to give somebody a piece of trash for my box. But um, I think that the new IMUs, I was talking with the guy about it when they very first came out and I never actually did find out how they work. But we were we were wondering if it was like a fluid... Um, over a fluid over like a um because it's not mercury you know the old ones were like mercury switches and stuff or a ball bearing stuff like that but the new ones are definitely especially the imus um they aren't they are however the hell like a joystick you could take like a wii controller you know and make your own like imu because it has an accelerometer in it and it has like a lean sensor in it and and then Nowadays, like I'm guessing, like the Nintendo Switch and all those things probably have little um, accelerometers. But I know the Wii was one of the first ones that you could do it. You could do it with the nunchuck. I saw a guy make a. Um, this is years ago when the Wii first came out. Made a his own IMU uh, for a, like robot or something or a drone or something out of a um, Wii nunchuck controller. Or actually, maybe he just made an accelerometer to like having your car, you know what I'm saying? I, I forget exactly right. what it was, but but there's something in there and I don't know if it's mechanical or an, or I don't know if it's like electrostatic or we were trying to figure out if it was fluid over um fluid over uh, like a fluid membrane over a particular circuit board. I really don't know how they I, work. I'll be honest, I don't know either. I do know that these days an IMU unit can be got for somewhere around $80. Just mm-hmm. like the board that does whatever, and you can like plug it into a Raspberry Pi or do whatever you want. I'll tell yeah. you the one that really surprised me. I think it was like nineteen or something when I learned this, like with my old CB three fifty. Is just how simple your your oil light is on your bike, and how this is the system that they all still work on today. It's just a normally on logic circuit. So again, it's just a ball that's held with oil pressure and makes a contact. So if you lose oil pressure, the contact just breaks and that's it. Yeah. And again, it's so obvious today, but I remember being 19 and going like, huh, it's that simple. Yeah. And Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yep. Uh, same thing with altimeters and, um, Barometers. I never knew how those worked. I was so intrigued about how that stuff's work. And it just is literally like a little balloon with atmospheric pressure, like a diaphragm. Like right. diaphragms, the simplest mechanical things are so cool because they still work the same. Uh, even if it's an electronic reading that you get or if it's an electronic sender or whatever the hell it's sending it to, it still is such a simple mechanical thing. Like nowadays... Well, you want to work you know, with as many uh, um, constants as you can, like the air pressure right. at certain altitudes, right? There you go. That, that, right, that, right. That's never going to break, right? The environment. So if, you're, if, you're, if your logic is just based off mm. of the environment, you're going to have you just gave me a reliability. Hang on, I'm going to write down a prediction here. for All right. We should probably get All into right. these predictions. <laughs> so, yeah. so your high was that you crashed but didn't feel that bad about it. Okay, what, the, yeah. your low must and be horrific. I, my, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die tomorrow. But uh, n- nonetheless, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, on death's door. Doctor said I have 14 hours to live. So I better get this podcast. We better get this podcast out fast.
Yeah, I am going to uh, let's start off this this week's show with, uh, like I said in the beginning, we have some predictions. We've got some amazing, amazing things that uh, it's always possible that the new year brings, you know, some new I don't know something something that is just gonna like blow the socks off of everybody and then what happens is like two months into the new year nothing does we're all depressed motorcycling is going to hell in a handbasket whatever happened to that guy Robert Pandya that did the motorcycling roundtable back in like 2016 uh and guess what I don't think much it's almost a decade I mean we're going on it'll I can be tell you what happened with that it right? bummed everyone the fuck out he convinced like 80% of motorcyclists yeah. that motorcycling wasn't going to be around in six months yet here we all yeah. are we've just gone through some of here the best are. years of motorcycle sales ever everyone's constantly well, convinced that people are going to lose interest in motorcycles yet every new movie has a motorcycle chase scene and I no, meet listen. fucking rednecks all the time that just throw in their whole savings on a Harley. And I see dudes just like yeah. getting themselves in way over their head financed on sport bikes. It ain't going anywhere. That's what happened to that shit. That's my low. Yeah. That's, that's my low. Your low people, was Robert Payne. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, my low is that uh, people getting into the motorcycle industry are, uh, are wrecking it. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, you know what? There is that there. The thing is, is that like from the industry perspective though, side-by-side sales have been eclipsing motorcycle sales. There, there, there was a bunch of shit that got bummed out. But all I have to say is, yeah, had he only known that there was going to be this uh, global pandemic and uh, this crazy uh, panic and everything else that went along also, with it, then credit stimulus became checks. unbelievably cheap for a few years there. And then now, yeah, now we're paying for it, but for sure, right? All all we needed, all he needed to do is talk to the Fed, I guess, and say, "Hey, can you uh, can you make interest rates near zero? Um, and and here's what happens: like, still, regardless of what he said, uh, we we always get into it, and then the same shit. Suzuki came out with the parallel twin two years ago. Did anybody give three rats asses for five seconds? They did, but now it's all bold new graphics that they're talking about and joking back about the bold new graphics, but joking about how Honda still making the same old bikes, you know, 50 cc's apart. All this fun stuff is still happening in 2024. So what, or, you know, has been predicted to happen in 2024. So the reason I had you on the show is that you have been a moto Nostradamus. You've been a, a moto Domus, uh, I did predict the Moto Three winner accurately this year. Since you predicted the Moto Three win winner accurately, yes, I predicted that Jaime Masia would win Moto Three this year before the last three rounds of twenty twenty two. I believe you also said Mark Marquez would never win on a Honda again. Uh, yeah, I did say that, and then that came true also. Yeah. And he's gonna blow it away on Ducatis, or so we may see. We'll, we'll see, see when, our, when our list comes out. But um, but yeah, you're you're very good. You also predicted that uh, the atmosphere is a constant, and uh, that is, I mean, maybe that's just a scientific, you know, maybe that's just a principle. Maybe that's not a prediction. But you're you you are very good. Nostradamus had his own uh, things that weren't necessarily predictions. They call either. me Mododamus. They do. They do. And I did a minute ago and I think you missed it. Yeah. So, mm, there you go. That's, I didn't call you that, but well, um, you should. yeah, I'm going to make you a motor. Do- I should. 
So on this week's show, I would like to go over some predictions that we have for 2024. Now that it's only a week away, we better be right about some of these. I have a prediction that uh, it will be 2024 in a few days, and that is definitely coming true. But I want to know what else is going to be happening uh, throughout the land, uh, throughout the globe, potentially, in the motorcycling uh, world and the motorcycling industry. And I want you to tell me. So... Again, just like the uh, the highs and lows, I'm going to let you go first. You tell me what is your first prediction for 2024 and uh, is it and give us your percentage of how true based on your success rate, how true you think this is going to be. Okay, so my first prediction for 2024 is that um Elon Musk or Tesla in general will subtly not deny baseless claims from a third party that they're working on on an electric motorcycle again. Hmm. You think they actually will be working on an electric motorcycle? No, they won't oh. be working on a motorcycle. Some hack, probably at electric, <laughs> electric will yeah. circulate rumors that Tesla, based off a 3D rendering that some starving artist made somewhere for a website <laughs> to try to get clicks will generate yeah. buzz that Tesla might be trying to bundle an electric motorcycle with one of their other electric vehicles again. And in response, again, instead yeah. of denying it, Tesla will just quietly not deny it. Not deny yeah. it, but definitely not do right. it right. That's a good one. I, I like that. Now I'm not. I'm now, not going to write these down. About a 116 percent chance of coming true, <laughs> because as far as I can tell, this has happened every year since 2009. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I was going to say this. This one almost. Uh, I can almost. I feel like it already has happened. <laughs> you know, well, it's going to so, happen again. Um, no, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's already 2024 and it's happened twice. Um, yeah, my, uh, I'm, and I, I'm, I am going to write down your percentages because when this does come to, uh, next year, I really do want to see what these are. I think 116% is probably very accurate. Uh, my first prediction for 2024, Ano Motomini. Hey, uh, before I get into that, what year is it in, um, <laughs> Knights, uh, you know, fighting the dragon? Uh, what is the year of our, you know, some people, some people call the year of our Lord. Some people measure, you know, by the lunar calendar. We definitely. Oh, how long has it been uh, since we saw Yeah, or, or since the movie? Wait. So there's, there's two calendars that I work off. There's the calendar since, uh, Knight and Riders was created and then, which was 44 years ago. And then there's the calendar since I saw it, which was about right. four years ago. Okay. So we're, I'm going to say uh, Anno Domini 45. Uh, I will finally get the 2023 Solstice Slam Patreon <laughs> video <laughs> winner uploaded. And I, I gear, uh, uh, my own prediction for that is about 98%. I am still I tell you, the those final guys stage at Nokomoto put in some killer stuff. Yeah. You know what? I'll take that. I'll take that under consideration. They do have a. They do have a uh, sucker prize coming to them. So I just haven't told them yet. I actually have known the winner for weeks, and uh, we knew the uh, 
Social Slam drawing winner, and he started receiving prizes way before. I have all the prizes here, though, for the group. And uh, yeah, I need to send them out, but not until I finish this video. So if it's the last thing I do, if somehow an 80-ton... Uh, oh, you know, actually, yeah, if I do die within the next 14 hours, like my doctor predicted, uh, this video will not go out. That's why I think it may only be a 90, right. 98% I'm going to insist we keep this rate. moving because you told me you got about 15 minutes left to do this. And I got a no. lot of predictions. Yeah, let, yeah let's do this. <laughs> All right. Well, what, what do you got, Junks? The next one I have is... Uh, I predict that lane splitting or filtering will be legalized in all the United States uh, or in all of USA's states and territories, but then immediately be outlawed by the next president, whoever gets elected in 2024. I think you're you're really close, but what's going to happen is it's going to be like one of these bullshit, like Roe v. Wade overturned situations. It's going to become federally legal, but all the states are just going to make it illegal within their own state. So it'll have no yeah. change whatsoever. This is, that's what's good. That's, that's my take. Right. Right. And I did, I really, I guess I didn't, haven't been keeping track, but I was, I, I, or I forgot actually that there's already four states that has uh, lane splitting or Not filtering. Really. Of some sort they just have the filtering book. at traffic lights. They, only California has I true mean, lane splitting still. Yeah, but that's a start. That's something. It is, but my heart's been broken so many times on this. I just can't go there. Yeah. Yeah. Utah and Arizona have it, and Montana. Again, that's only filtering up to a red light. You can't do but it still, in moving traffic. Better. I wish Nevada had it because man, it gets hot as balls there, and I've I've almost passed out like sitting behind a hot car exhaust with like heat waves coming off the street um, in Nevada before you know riding through Vegas during the July. It was it was awful, but I mean, if there's one place that needs it, it's Nevada. If, if Arizona can say, "Hey, this might be smart," Nevada should really get their act together. Um, what's your next one? Okay. So my next one is that for further cost savings, motorcycle manufacturers have been reducing the number of cylinders in their motorcycles. So a bunch of inline fours were reduced to twins, right? We we have like these like super sport twins and everything now. Right. My prediction for for 2024 is we're going to start seeing these not just super sport, but even super bike singles. So, you know, so we're going to have like one and 1.3 liter singles. <laughs> like, so like the Kawasaki H2 <laughs> will be like a one liter supercharged single. Right. You know, like Ducati just came out with that like Quadra Super Mono or whatever the hell it right. was. Yeah, and yeah. you know, Super That's Mono. the first one. Super Mono. Yeah. Supermono was actually like a racing thing back in the day to try and keep costs down by having to only make like one cylinder race right. bikes and it never took off. But I think you're, I think you're right. And, and for some reason, like, you know, the chicken tax, it can only be a certain number of cylinders. Yeah. Well, they're going to get around like that. The with only rocket three is going to become like the rocket one. <laughs> it's going to be this like three liter single cylinder. Yeah. <laughs> It's literally going to be like a paint can, like a you know going up and down. That is, I like that. I I'm all for that. What's your uh, what's your over and under on that? What do you think you're at? That's about an eighty six percent. I'm I'm calling it. You yeah. know, all right. I like it. 
my next one is that everyone will make electric bikes and vehicles. Uh, everybody, they're just going to stop doing everything and just only make electric. And then what's going to happen is the earth's temperature will triple because, uh, the production of not only EVs, but electricity is actually what's driving up the temperature of the earth. Uh, you know how wasteful EVs are, you know, how, how much of a carbon footprint they cost. You know how like, if like you leave like your phone screen on in your pocket and you're like, what's all that heat coming from? And you press it and you're like, oh, my phone battery battery's hot. Yeah, that's where all the global warming's coming from, guys. It's these lithium-ion yeah. batteries overheating. Yeah. Well, and and also, you know, electric vehicles cost so much to make. Like, the initial carbon footprint is horrible. That's why you're supposed to drive them for a long, long, long time and not use any gas after that because then they eventually offset it. But what's happening is people are the leases are coming up on them and, and, or people are crashing them. So they never, and they can't be like repaired because there's no quote standard for repairing them. They don't know if the battery is going to like explode on the next person or like catch a family of 12 on fire or blow up in your garage. So they're not technically allowed to repair them. So what's happening is all these EVs are getting made and then they're going to waste within like the first like two or three years before they even offset their carbon. But then on top of it, the electricity grid, everything's electric now from your phone to your, you know, phones didn't used to be electric. They used to be, I, I guess, a little bit electric when the signal went through. You know, there was some sort of electricity going through there. But now your phones are literally electric. Uh, your toys are electric. Your TVs are electric. Uh, every, every single thing that you have is electric. And where's all this electricity coming from now that we actually need our cars to be electric too? I think that's what's actually increasing the Earth's temperature is the manufacturing of electricity. <laughs> so ironically, uh, the, people going electric is going to cause the Earth's... Uh, uh, the polar ice caps to melt and narwhals are actually going to be floating in the uh, LA Bay here. Oh, the, uh, soon, th- next yeah, year. they're that- going to put one in the tank with fucking Shamu. Shamu, yeah, hell yeah. So that's my prediction for that. You'll be able to ride a narwhal at SeaWorld and not just the dolphins. Uh, what's your pr- next prediction? So I think in 2024, an as yet unnamed up and coming YouTuber is going to release (laughs) a video that points out five motorcycle designs that are actually genius. (laughs) Man, and that one hasn't been done yet. I know. What an original idea for a video. It's not creatively bankrupt at all. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to have a sick thumbnail? Are the, is there going to be like, uh, you know, well, it's it's probably going to have a photo of, a woman like with like a, like a little thought bubble that has a motorcycle in it. And she's going to have her hand over her mouth in that like, Oh my God, like face. Yeah. And, um, the background, she's going to have a a thick white outline around her. And, um, and something's going to be red in the photo. Something like's going to be bright red in the photo. Well, there'll probably be an arrow pointing at like some part of the bike, but you're not really sure what that's supposed to indicate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they'll never, and that, that won't be in the video. But this is low likelihood. Um, This is only like, it may be like a 3% chance of happening. (laughs) This is one of my way out there claims. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I put that next to the reverse bell curve. I am, uh, you know, 
on that topic, if I see one more thing about how some genius kid from, you know, Antarctica uh, set the government of, you know, somewhere, you know, got banned from his home country because he came up with a fucking heater made out of a bean can or a cooling device made out of an ice cube and a piece of paper. I am going to go to the YouTube headquarters myself and uh, set off a bomb because those, I'm sick of these, you know, this guy revolutionized the industry with his bean can and a rubber band. And now you can get this, you know, I hate, I, I, that's all I see on YouTube. The, the ads are just as bad as the videos uh, nowadays. Um, all right. So here's mine. Um, my, my prediction for 2024, and this one, I think, I don't think this has a very good likelihood. Actually, it's very low. Harley Davidson will announce some sort of new Glide Ultra, some some new Ultra. My guess, maybe perhaps, is the Road King Ultra because that's the only. <laughs> this is pretty far fetched. I feel treatment. like you're not taking yeah. the assignment very seriously, Junks. I know, I know. I you know that's why I, I threw that one in there as a haha, you know, red little biscuit. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's my. <laughs> Some some sort of ultra is going to pop up just, on one of their clickbait, you know. Yeah, right. it's going to be the. What is it going to be the? Um, oh no, they already do have the tri glide ultra. Never mind, never mind. Road King is the only one I can think of. They have the Sportster Ultra. Oh, that would be the day. Uh, what's your next one? So, in the ultimate example of legacy fraud and insult to the average American's intelligence. Polaris is going to start putting the Indian name on side by sides. <laughs> nice. Nice. I haven't been able to shop this idea around, but I'm glad that you said that you said that. I don't think Indian ever made side by sides, but I have a question for you. Are they going to be like art deco-y looking? Like instead of like really aggressive, like off-road, angular, you know, high fenders, are they going to be really art deco-y and luxury? Like almost driving like a Duesenberg around, but with like dirt tires. Oh, they're going to have like fins on the back, like a Chevy Bel Air. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be all swooped out. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. they're all gonna have like single stage paint, and um, right. Yes, yes. <laughs> they're gonna imagine a Nash Metropolitan, but rolling on thirty fives. Well, actually, like, they you know, probably will just be Nash Metropolitans. That <laughs> they just put. They're gonna get the old designs out. <laughs> they put the Indian name on them and sell Indian. them yeah, side Indian. by side. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's clever very clever yeah, I like then it. there's no R&D um, involved it's super cheap exactly hell yeah Actually, pro- and you got well, the yeah. name the Indian well, name Metropolitan's a re- the Metropolitan is the super small one right yeah 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 the little yeah, clown yeah, car yeah, yeah. yeah the Nashville yeah <laughs> this, this is one thing that has never come up on the show but now that you mentioned that like this is a good segue. I've never been able to shop this out because it just doesn't ever come up on the show. But I always, you know, I'm constantly looking at like side by sides and stuff like that, and all these crazy colors that they come up with. And, and there's always a camo one. Even the sport ones have like a camo. You know, oh, it's so yeah. weird. But um, I'm thinking like you know they have like Real Tree. Um, yeah. And Ducks Unlimited, they do some really crazy stuff with the Yamaha on the Wolverines and the Grizzlies and stuff to give them these like very lifelike looking, uh, you know, woods, hardwoods and real yeah. woods and all these other other stuff. I'm thinking for the Canadian market, why don't we ever come up with the poutine 
camouflage because it kind of does just look like a bunch of sticks that are, you know, <laughs> it's just a pile of teams. <laughs> just a, like a bunch of French fries, this gravy all over it. Just look like a bunch of swampy sticks, right? Like, I don't, I, I just, I saw the hardwood, hardwoods camo and I thought, you know what? A poutine camo would probably go real well. Let's just in go Canada. all the way like, to Donaire camo. Why not? What is that? Oh, you don't know about the Donaire? So no. the Canadians have this super gross, but super delicious, awesome uh, food. This is kind of more of an Atlantic. You get this all the way from like Ontario all the way to the, uh, to the, to the East coast. You don't really get this too much on the other side of the country, but um, it's called the Donaire and it's like a, like a gyro or a kebab, right? So it's got like gyro meat mm-hmm. in it. But it the you can get like you they don't have like lettuce and cheese and whatever else in it. But the big thing the 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 big thing that the Canadians brought to this game was sweet butter. So whereas if you go to like the UK and you get a kebab or something, they'll put like um like a spicy sauce in it, right? Or yeah, if you like get a, a if you get like heroes here, they'll do the tzatziki in it. It's basically yeah. the same thing in Canada, but they put this sweet butter in it. And then they also do like Donair pizzas and then the Donair pizza flip, which is where they make like a Donair pizza, but they like flip it over. So it's a giant calzone with the sweet butter in it, whatever. And it's a super Canadian thing, the Donair. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. if you're going to. That sounds like there's there's a couple things. Donair. Sounds like a freestyle motocross move. He did a donair. When you said donair flip, that's the first thing I thought oh, of. Yeah, it also it sounds like the world's worst um, airline. Don't donair. Don't <laughs> like. Don't fly <laughs> on that. And also, it reminds me of like the Chevy Corvair, the donair. It sounds like they ripped it off. Like it's the Canadian ripoff of the Nash Metropolitan, but with the motor in the rear. <laughs> I don't know. It's a very horrible word, the donair. And why does Canada have to make everything worse? Okay. Well, they don't make everything worse. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely not true. Let's move on to my next okay. prediction. <laughs> my next prediction. Is Suzuki is going to stop making the V-Strom 650. Although if you've looked at their website, they do have it on there for 2024. But mid-2024, they're going to pull it from the North American market at least. And they're going to bring back the DR200 to compete with Kawasaki and the KLX 230SM. You're so close. We're Dang gonna. It. I you think know, it's, it's going to be a DR300. But yeah. Okay. Okay. They'll bring, they, they had a DR300, didn't they? I don't think they currently uh, do, or, but they should. No, I'm, well, no, they don't. And the the DR two hundred they haven't had since like twenty twenty for the last three years. They haven't had it, but shame. yeah, I think I you're love right. The DR two hundred. Yeah, I think you're right though. They're going to do what everybody else has done and up it just a little bit. But Kawasaki went had their had their you know KLX three hundred SM, and then they're like, hey, we have this bitchin' two thirty. Let's go backwards. I was super surprised they went backwards because it is Kawasaki. Suzuki has an SM out of the box. Hold on. Suzuki has the DRZ four hundred SM, but they don't have a two hundred. 
That's and Kawasaki it's the DR four hundred SM, which is I, I think yeah. a super underrated bike. People get down on it because it doesn't have like 400, 450 like um, motocross type of power, but you really yeah. don't need that in a bike, uh, an SM like you know model for the street. It's right. The the DR four hundred SM is a bike. I every time I'm reminded of it, I'm like, oh yeah, why don't I have one of these? Yeah, and you know what? Suzuki's still making the seven fifties. Guess what? Everybody's coming back to seven fifties. And guess what? Yamaha used to have a WR four fifty. Yeah, but Suzuki Supermoto. is seven fifty four. People are coming back to like seven fifty twins. Yeah, give them time. Give them time. Suzuki's also got that 800 twin, which is, you know, pretty close to a 800. Uh, and I think, you know, I think Suzuki, people give them hell for being bold new graphics, but I think that if they look at their lineup, they'll realize they have some of the most underrated bikes ever. Uh, and the fact that they still have the V-Strom 650 out, uh, you know, like they're still making that beast because people love a V still. Uh, that yeah, I think I think Suzuki's highly underrated, and I think when they bring back their DR two hundred or DR three hundred, like you predicted, people are gonna really, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna talk about it for a week and a half, like they did when they brought out these new eight hundred parallel twins and make fun of it and call it the P twin and all that stuff. They're gonna do the same thing to the three hundred, but then they won't. They'll quietly won't realize that yeah but guess what suzuki's got one and nobody else does you know so they're they're gonna gonna compete with kawasaki on this small supermoto market what's your uh what's your next prediction okay well in kind of a similar vein um let's see here so <clears throat> because they're dumb yamaha will not will still refuse <laughs> to cancel the Nikon. And all of the popular models they sell will continue to be $200 more expensive than they need to be as a result. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they haven't sold the Nikon, thank God, to US, the US for a couple of years. I know, it's but on it's the, only a matter it's on of time the Yamaha before. US page. Yep. For 24? Yeah. Oh my God, I guess I haven't looked in a couple weeks. In fact, they updated it That's- last year and they're still promoting the new, like they only sell like the GT model, which was like the the, up, right. the upgraded model. You could only get the fancy one. So right. it's like, I knew it's like yeah, if you want to buy a Nikon, you have to be an especially big idiot. to go. You can't get the regular one anymore. You have to get the expensive one. Right. Where do I got to go to find this stupid thing? Sport like, touring? I don't know. Probably sport? like a Yamaha dealer in Vegas, like just some place where weirdos with too much money go. Right. Myrtle Beach probably has yeah, one. I have a feeling. You know, like, um, <laughs> you know, just places where like idiots congregate, they're bound to sell one or two. I, I don't know why <laughs> Yamaha continues to beat this drum. It must be a sunk cost fallacy. They must have just put so much into this system that they're like, right. we have we made this many and we have to make it like there's probably some senior executive that really championed this project, this project. And rather than cut loss, he's like, no. We're going to sell them all until we break even. I'm. This is not going right. on my record with the company. 
listen, Yamaha, can we stop making the Nikon, which I didn't even know, or the Nikon, which I didn't even know was available here still. Can we stop making that and bring back the X Max or the S Max or even the T Max? Like, can we get some better, awesome racing scooters over here instead of? Oh, dude, yeah, bring back that Max and bring bring it back as a scooter this time. Well, that's the that's the (laughs) X Max, but yeah, but no, but a V four scooter. I'm saying. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I support that. Anything yeah. but the kneecap. Hell yeah. Anything. <laughs> yeah, me too. Dude, that thing has 15-inch tires. What tort- What sort of idiotic human being buys one I of those? I don't know. <laughs> and on to my next prediction. <laughs> uh, my next prediction is that KTM is going to spec out a 250XC SM, and this is a 250 XCF, but it's it's got the Duke 390 Adventure W uh, suspension on it. I think that's inverted, and they're going to make this little baby to compete with the Suzuki DR200 and Kawasaki's KLX 230 SM. We're going to have a bunch of mini supermotos in 2024. That's my prediction. Um, I wish I could go with you there. The pro- the reason that that's not going to happen is that would be smart. A bunch of yeah. really small, super fun, affordable bikes that are performance oriented is just yeah. that makes too much sense. Instead, yeah. they're going to be like, oh, we bumped up the power of the monkey bike one more tenth of a horsepower. Aren't all you guys <laughs> with ED excited about that? Right? Right. Instead of... It's got 11 horsepower now. Yeah. Right. Instead of like, oh, we made like a 20 horsepower, you know, 250 cc, you know, out of the box. Exactly. Super, super moto with cause, like cause, great handling, super fun, you know, wheelies awesome. Yeah. And it's under like six thousand dollars, but no, they won't do. They should do that, but they won't do that. Right. And something else that Robert Pandya didn't see happening in 2016 was the ADV was catching on. I mean, it was starting to catch on at that time, but I don't think he knew that it was going to spawn everything from a 1300, basically a Hayabusa sized, uh, you know, R1300 GS, all the way down to. A Versys 300, a BMW G310. Do people you know, buy the uh, Versys 300 though? I've not seen I one in a know. dealership or in the wild. I don't know, but all I know is that everyone from BMW to Kawasaki is making miniature ADV bikes. And and on that exact same tip, Honda just doubled down because they had the the uh, CRF 230 uh, rally well, the and they had the CRF rally. 300 rally. But now they have the XL150. Uh, you know, it's basically like a, no, a, the, XR the smallest L, right? XR150L yeah. is is what it is. It's basically like the smallest ADV bike that you can get. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so ADV like now Honda's coming out with the 150. That's a bike that has been for sale in Asia and South. America. That was has been a huge bike in Brazil for like 20 years. They've oh, just yeah. finally figured but out a way it, to sell it here. There's nothing new. If that you look bike at it, predates adventure bikes nah. as we know them. You're right. That one's not really ADV. It's almost it's it's not much more than a um just a dual sport, really. I mean, if I if I'm being honest with myself, looking at it, it's it's the same thing as an XT250, but it's just a Honda 
but you know, I'm sure there's somebody that makes a rally raid kit for it. <laughs> I mean, I support bags, that. Even though if like, someone, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I mean, they're so who, cheap. But who knew? It's almost be who worth knew like buying three of them and just having our own little custom race series based around exactly. who can kill one first. Yeah, exactly. Yep the uh, the uh, Dakar, but we'll call it the snack R. We'll have to eat a bunch of a bunch of food, gain a bunch of weight, and try to kill the motor. All right, um, here I yeah. got a prediction. What is your yeah, next? Here prediction? we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a semi-racist and highly misguided move, CF Moto is going to buy the old British brand JAP to sell vaguely mm. retro and prestige versions of their bikes. So uh-huh. for the last few years, we've had all these Chinese manufacturers buying old British and Italian oh, yeah. uh, prestige names that went out of business. And we're really yep. scraping the bottom of the barrel for what's left in terms of names that people remember. And I think yeah. like the last one that might anyone might remember, you know, because Ariel's been bought and um, – yeah, you know Vincent. I think Mahindra and, bought Jawa a couple of years right. ago, and I think we're now down to JAP. Yeah, I think yeah. I think this is what who's it's going to buy JAP. Um, maybe maybe somebody will scrounge up and buy like a Hodaka, the Hodaka name, <laughs> or I mean that should be pretty cheap. Or Hodaka um, would really be like worth bringing uh, is a name again. It's all legacy fraud, so it's really not worth it, and you shouldn't. But right. Right. Hodaka is weirdly a name that would suit what these Chinese companies are doing. Because yeah. Hodaka was always a sort of value-oriented budget brand. It was, hey, this isn't race yeah. competitive. This is just a fuck around super fun machine. And yep. I remember uh, at the AIM Expo one year, the SSR representative, we were asking him, like the, the American representative, well, what, what what's the deal here? And he goes, you remember Hodaka? And we were like, oh, yeah. He goes, that's what this is. This is a new Hodaka. These are not race competitive. These are just cheap, and they're good for fucking around on. And at the end of the day, isn't that all we're really doing if you're not racing? Yeah. And I was like, uh, and and that kind of sold me on the SSR brand, actually. Right, right. And then after that um, conversation, he went to the back and wrote, oh, yeah, Hodaka, buy Hodaka. Yeah, note to self. (laughs) Note to self. Purchase the uh, rights to the name. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I like that. Um, I got one here, and maybe you can can, uh, tell me what the probability is on this one. Uh, In 2024, it will be illegal to sell your own bike, even if you have a title. Vehicle sales will become like real estate where you can't, you're not allowed to do it on your own without a broker, like a licensed broker. And they're going to need their cut you know, like like a broker so fee all and used dealerships will become thing. consignment. Uh-huh. And you personally cannot sell your bike like Craigslist. This is really going to impact Craigslist and offer up and some to some effect, even eBay, unless you just like, okay, well shit, I'm just gonna part my bike out then because you will be able to sell your parts and things like that, but you won't be actually it'll be illegal to sell your own bike even if you have a title because of so much bullshit going on right now with people selling bikes without titles. They're just going to be like, listen, title or not, you have to get a broker 
and now nobody gets to sell bikes. I'm not entirely against this. So check it out. Um, I mean, I am against this, but but check it out, right? So Dr. <laughs> Mike I'm just uh, just bought a Royal Enfield for an, uh, like a fucking steal. Some guy bought this mm-hmm. Royal Enfield before. Like literally the guy didn't have a title and it turned out to be no, stolen? He he bought it legally, but he bought it before oh, okay. he took his, uh, his uh, MSF course, uh-huh. crashed a bike in the MSF course, Decided it wasn't for him, and then a uh, then uh, his friend put like six hundred miles on this Royal Enfield, and then they put it up at a consignment dealership, and Mike got it with six hundred miles for two thirds of the original price, and the original mm-hmm. price on this bike is like sixty eight hundred dollars, right. so for like four grand or something, he got this six fifty with like six hundred miles on it. That's at, amazing. At, the, at a consignment dealership. And then he's trying to get rid of the KZ 550 because he's running out of garage space. And, I, and he's like, I just want it gone. And I'm like, why don't you go back to the same consignment dealer? Because honestly, I think the consignment dealer will get more for it than you think you can get for it. And second, it's out of your garage on day one. Yeah. Right? I mean, he could also just put it on Craigslist too. Yeah, he can. But in twenty twenty, selling shit on Craigslist and Facebook is a major pain in the ass. And he's a fucking doctor, yeah. and he doesn't need to sell it like this week. So if for like ten percent yeah. or fifteen percent or whatever, this dealer will take it on consignment and negotiate on his behalf. Because unlike a realtor who just wants to sell it as cheap as possible, you know, it's a little bit. Well, I don't know. In California, that's different. They'll they'll put it on the market and it'll go for twelve thousand over asking easily, and they <laughs> they make more. You know, they make more. Well, than, anyway, uh, he's got yeah. he's got a pro. You know, negotiating the price for him and everything, and it's like it's going to be a cheap bike to well, start with that runs well. We've done, yeah. you know, he and I've done a lot of fucking work to that bike. Um, and tell him that in seven days he's going to have to take it there because he won't be able to sell it on Craigslist. Oh, yeah, yeah, or, come uh, 2024, yeah. Um, but, you know, it'll be illegal. He'll, go to actually, he'll actually go to jail. He'll lose his doctor's license. D- depending on uh, the bike, consignment dealerships aren't such a bad option. I don't know why there aren't more. I'm only aware of two in Denver, and I'm not aware of any others in any other part of the state. But... I, you know, the consignment dealership model, it's worth looking into. There, I'll have to look into it because I think there's, I think there's one in there my are town. deals to be had. Uh, all right. I'm gonna, I, I made a note on this one to come back to it in a future episode because maybe, maybe that's something we can uh, talk about. Maybe it's worth later. not having that, you know, slicing off one or $200 of the value to not have to fucking jerk around with idiots who don't show up and yeah. have to be, you know, and you've got to race home to try to show a bike to someone and all these people that show up without cash, whatever. You just drop the bike off with the paperwork and you sign some documents and you're like, this is what I want for it. Try to sell it for that. <laughs> and yep. they just fucking do the work. I'm in, I, I'm down with that. I mean, that's not a bad idea, to be honest. Uh, or you know, I mean, that's an option still. I, I'm glad that it's not illegal yet, but I but I am glad that that's also out there. Uh, what's your next um, prediction? 
Oh, let's see here. Let me let me take a look. Um, do, 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 do. Well, I have I have one right now. Yeah, if go, you, for it, uh, go for it. If you need a second to look, because my next one ties right into the the new act that's going to go into effect. So this above the the circumstance where it's going to be illegal to sell your own bike, even if you have a title. Um, it's a direct consequence of the failure of the Repair Act in Congress, which is the right to, I forget what the what repair stands for, but it's basically the, your your ability to take your vehicle anywhere you want or work on it yourself as oh, a private yeah. owner. AMA just um, emailed me about this, asking for money. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the Repair Act is going to fail in Congress. And not only are you not going to be able, because special interests like the OEMs and dealer networks and people that want, you know, that want to void your warranty if you take it anywhere but their dealership, all this shit, they are going to lobby Congress. Uh, it's going to fail. And they have enough money to win in court. And um, the rubber band effect is going to trickle into private sales. So when the Repair Act fails and you're not allowed to work on your bike yourself or at a second uh, dealership or anywhere else, anywhere else that's not a licensed dealer, uh, then it's, they're going to go, oh, yeah, so why can you sell your bike if you're not a licensed uh, broker or dealer, and that's that's what's going to lead to the uh, being illegal to sell your bike is going to be the the failure of the repair act. So no longer will you. They're going to quit selling manuals like the climbers and um, Haynes manuals. You'll go to jail if they fi- if they find out that you you take your bike into the dealership and they see that it's not the oil plug they put on with their little stamp on there or whatever right. their, little, their little secret mark they put. You're gonna go. You're gonna get a fine. You won't go to jail, but you'll get a fine. And um, yeah, you're not going to be allowed to work on your bikes anymore. And you won't be able to take it to your local neighborhood mechanic that does the motorcycles because he's not a licensed dealer. You're going to have to drive 750 miles into town. Like, you you know, there's one Harley dealership in Montana somewhere and you live out in the sticks. Well, you can't take it to your local shop. You're going to have to drive it to the Harley dealership uh, in town that's, you know, three or four hours away because it'll be illegal to take it to that other little guy he's gonna have to start fixing old lawnmowers and stuff or or windmills i don't know what what they're gonna do for business but yeah as a result of uh, these two laws kind of go hand in hand so those are my predictions for 2024 and yeah ama is (laughs) i have a prediction for 2024 the ama is gonna um fight for this in (laughs) in congress (laughs) and i know they are because they sent me the same email probably but um yeah what's your uh did that give you enough time to find your uh your next so in okay, so in 2024, in a shocking expose, 86% of MotoGP riders are going to be found guilty of being super hot by girlfriends of MotoGP fans. Mm-hmm. But yet these girlfriends are still not going to watch MotoGP despite their professed love of these super yeah. hot riders. And then as a yeah. as a result of that, for a brief moment. Dorna Sports is going to contemplate a ban on helmets to try to boost viewership <laughs> of the sport. Man, that sounds like something Dorna would do too. What is your probably what's your over and under on this? How how likely do you think that's actually going to be to come true? You know, I, just the fact that they'll contemplate it, I think we're looking at high 60s them actually banning helmets. Uh, I'm going to go down to like low 40s on that. But yeah, sixty-eight-ish on looks, forty-ish on helmets. Yeah. Well, you remember, you know, NASCAR was kind of at its height with uh, like Jeff Gordon, 
because you know yeah because the, the ladies, ladies love yeah, jeff yeah. gordon right and you know i'll tell you like the 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 ladies around my house are are quite taken with fabio quadraro i was just about to say was it quadraro or vinales a, a couple years ago who rode and if you remember it was it was kind of like a, a janet jackson uh wardrobe yeah, malfunction yeah, it, it, oops that was it came oopsie? unzipped like oh no yeah his leathers yeah. His leathers came unzipped down to his mons pubis, uh-huh. and you could almost see some pubes. And man, the viewer, the women viewership, uh, especially the TikTok, what do they call the TikTok impressions, um, and the Twitter impressions before it changed to X, were off the charts. And uh, yeah, I think that has uh, they've been con- they've been changing arrow, they've been changing everything, trying to make racing more interesting, and it's just not happening. Um, so I think that, I think that you're right. I think they are going to go with this, um, in, you know, viewer engagement rather than like trying to make something that's, you can't make turtle racing more exciting. You know what I mean? So, uh, unless you put a rocket on one of the turtles, so you might as well 40 something percent, they might ban helmets. I'll go to 18% that they just race in banana hammocks. Dang. That's a, that's a low percentage, but it's not zero. It's a non-zero chance. It's it's not zero, so there is a chance. So, awesome. Um, my next prediction is that uh, not as exciting and dramatic as that, but I love that. Um, I love the expose part of that too. I just I, that tickles me. I can't I, I can't even start my next prediction just thinking about the, that it's an expose. <laughs> I can't wait to read that one. Um, my next prediction is that electric push scooters. Um, like the lime, or you know, people say lime type scooters. That that yeah, sort of small, scooters, small wheel scooters. Scooter. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Those are going to surpass side by side and off road motorcycles, which currently have passed road going motorcycles and sales. Those are going to pass side by sides and off road motorcycles as the number one power sport slash motorcycle industry top seller in 2024. And I think that part of it is going to be due to the fact that people are going to be, it's going to be illegal for you to sell your motorcycle and it's going to be illegal for you to take it anywhere to get worked on. But these scooters are highly unregulated and I don't even think there's an age minimum to ride them. So you're going to see whole families like in India, how people ride 12 on a motorcycle. You're going to see whole families of 12 scooters, you know, 12 people riding down the street, you know, people, kids as little as three, uh, adults taking these things to work. And it's not just going to be the the urban and metro areas anymore because I see a ton of this in my city. I see k- people riding their kids to school on these things. And I see this one guy every morning with this briefcase and his little like lawyer outfit riding it down to the train to, I'm assuming, go into the courthouse downtown or you know somewhere downtown. Uh, I think we're going to see this in rural. I think we're going to see farmers. I think we're going to see... Um, you know, motocross style races on these things uh, pretty soon. I think that it, just with those other two laws taking effect, the push scooter market is going to blow up and people are just going to start doing crazy. We, we might see freestyle scooter cross at some point, you know? Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have the crickets queued up for that one. <laughs> Well, you you seen those kids on the razor scooters that are already doing stuff that skateboarders used right. to do, and now people are like apparently bored of skateboarding, so they're like, well, let's do it on a, a razor scooter that's basically yeah, two but that's just like picks. in the '90s when rollerblading became cool for a few years. That that's I gonna know. go away. That like I remember in the '90s for like eight minutes, 
they like the initial push of trying to sell razor scooters was like, oh, this is like skateboarding or rollerblading. You could do stunts on this, right? And it turned out there were two and a yeah. half tricks you could do. And each one of them came with an upwards of 90% chance of destroying your balls, right? And yeah. in the last like year, like That's eight true. kids have gotten good at those tricks. And we're now supposed to believe right. this is a legitimate sport. But look, in real life, we've all seen a few people hit some rad skateboard moves. And I'm going to yeah. say one in four of us has seen someone do some rad moves on rollerblades. It was a long time ago, but you saw it, right? Nobody right. And I'm gonna has say- ever witnessed a kid pull off rad moves on a fucking Razor scooter in the wild. You may have seen a YouTube video, but mm-hmm. I don't know that it wasn't faked. I, you know, I, I refuse yeah. to believe you, you that, that there, that there, that the, the pool, the talent pool, the, the kids that have these skills is big enough. I would sooner yeah. believe AI, AI is so powerful nowadays that you're right. I mean, we could have been seeing deep fakes for years now and never right. known it. You know? I would sooner believe that we'll see some sort of motocross for those um, those go-peds with the little like 35cc two-stroke motors on them. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I would find deep that fake. way more compelling. Um, I can guarantee, though, that 10 out of 10 of us have ridden a push scooter through the city, and uh, that means that they will probably outsell side-by-sides and uh, off-road motorcycles, which aren't sold in the cities. And there's way more uh, population density in the city than there could ever be. Even if a whole ten- or whole rural community only drove side-by-sides and, and uh, off-road bikes, all it takes is one metropolitan-sized city to uh, outdo that per capita with these push scooters. I think push scooters are the, are the future of uh, American um uh transportation but they're so inefficient as compared to bicycles tell me about it <laughs> i don't know why what people are nuts for them uh, that's just my prediction for 2024 okay. uh what do you got what's your next I one i think i might be out of predictions <laughs> holy shit well you're going to love my next one then because i know uh my next two predictions are going to uh being a guy that doesn't like ball sports um, my, my next prediction is that Hunter and Jet Lawrence are going to host a daytime talk show that pushes the Drew Barrymore show to the bottom and gives The View and El Gordo y La Flaca a one-day run for their money, but eventually doesn't actually really do, you know, is middle of the pack, which is going to be unusual, highly unusual for them because they're so used to winning everything. Uh, but yeah, they're going to do a daytime talk show host that features lighthearted stories and probably some cooking segments. They're really the Manning brothers of motorsport. They are. You know who they are too is the o- O'Donnell brothers, Jerry and Mitch O'Connell. <laughs> Mitch, you know the the O'Donnell brothers. They, they were O'Donnell? on like a Is that who it is? Chris and Jerry? No. The I, Chris O'Donnell was Robin in Batman and Robin. 
No, they they were like I forget the uh, I forget the name of the show that this one guy was on, but uh, Jerry Jerry is on a um, is on like a daytime talk show now as it is, but they they were identical twin brothers, uh, and they were on some crappy like eighties or nineties show where they had special powers. I forget what the hell it is, but yeah, Jerry and the other guy, Jerry and Mike, I don't know, but um, but also the. Peyton and Drew Brees of uh wait, who did you say? The Manning yeah. brothers? <laughs> Peyton and Don Manning? <laughs> who are the fucking Manning brothers? Peyton, Peyton and uh, Terry? No. Um, let's see here. Timmy? Manning brothers. <laughs> They're the benders Eli. of uh oh yeah, Eli. Apparently there's Cooper so many people as well. What the hell? Now it's turning into the Baldwins for right? Pete's sake. Um, yeah, so Hunter and Jet, they're, they're not going to do very well, but you know, they'll do as well as like any sports, um, team can like the Manning brothers. I'm sure they could hold it just cause you just have to smile a lot and, and act dumb on those shows. And, and probably for the most part, they maybe are dumb. And, uh, the, the Lawrence brothers, I think could pull that off. I know one of them's a little bit more edgy and snarky than the other. And well, his name's Jet, but so that's true. Yeah, you know what? And uh yeah, I, I think I think they're going to pull it off and I think it's going to run for about a season and a half, uh longer than the Chevy Chase show for sure, but uh uh longer than I thought the Drew Barrymore show would run for, but her show is so cringe uh and um content, I don't know, poor that uh they just just two motocross dudes <laughs> Give push her to the bottom, sadly. So, yeah, that's my predictions. Also, uh, in other racer news, this one might um, might sound familiar. Pekka Bagnaya is going to go a full on Valentino Rossi. Was this 2015 or 16 when Valentino Rossi got all Illuminati conspiracy theory that you know Jorge Lorenzo and Marquez were uh, getting together, you know, to to I think that was help each other because they're like 2018, 2019. But yeah. Yeah, there were. I don't what, really because was Marquez was uh, Lorenzo racing in 2019? I can't remember. But um, Pekka Bagnaya, what's going to happen is he's going to pull that same thing that you know he's going to fall um, fall ill to the uh, the Il Duce, the, uh, the Valentino Rossi syndrome when Marquez and Martin become friendly and start winning all the races quote, very oddly close together because uh, I think they're both on Ducatis, right? I mean, not that Big Nine is not on Ducati, but I think he's going to see, oh, like Marquez has this like Spanish conspiracy thing going against us Italians. I think Pecco is going to like start crumbling under this pressure because Marquez not, not is going to come out pretty strong. I think, right? Year. So the Marquez brothers are on the same team again this year, right? Again, on Ducatis? Oh, wow. Yeah, they're not just both on Ducati. They're both on um, Team Grassini. Oh, wow. Okay, cool, cool. their dad is just going to be hanging out in the garage, right? Uh, But another prediction I have for this year is now that since Mark Marquez got on the Ducati and set the, the hottest times during practice after Valencia. I just heard that. Is that this year... Uh, Mark, the like Marquez Senior, old man Marquez, is gonna forget Alex Marquez's birthday. <laughs> That's probably 
he probably already has the poor guy and he's just going <laughs> to completely erase it on purpose out of his cal- any calendars that he has. It's going to pop up on his, his wife's going to set global reminders like on their, you know, iCal or whatever. He's just going to like, yeah, the day's just going to come you, and go. And, and, and Alex the, isn't going to say yeah, anything yeah. about it either. He's just nope. going to have a super nope. shitty looking fit. It's going to be like, you know, six, yeah. you know, that movie 16 candles. It's going to be exactly yeah. like that. Exactly like that. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I love it. I'm down. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait till next year. I'm going to try and follow MotoGP next year because of how shit's shaping up this year. And from what I've heard is is Jack Miller is he going to be out of it next year? I mean, he's got babies. No, he's he's, you he's, know, on he's already next year, just like this year. Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying out of it mentally, like now that he's got babies and like he's kind of yeah, having not a the kid traditionally is not man great anymore. for your career in GP. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Jack's always good for a couple or in life wins. in general. I say, yeah, yeah. Philip Island. Jack's no slouch. Like, um, I don't think Jack's ever going to take a world championship, but Jack's no slouch. He's he'll be yeah. all right. Yeah, he's fun to watch. I like his attitude too. Uh, I got two more, and one of them is inspired by the wisest motodomus, uh, motodomus. Uh, some of, some of your words here in the beginning. Uh, my second, this penultimate, I guess, um, is anonymous is going to alter all over the air updates to download all the top tier features that are currently hidden behind paywalls for all two wheel vehicles and automobiles that have some sort of subscription service or a paywall, uh, they are going to hack into this global system and it's just going to beam all the top tier shit down to the plebs that are, you know, driving these cars currently around for Uber and DoorDash because they can't make enough money to actually buy it outright and afford all the good stuff. Anonymous is going to, anonymous is going to help us. Yeah. You know, it makes me think, right? So, there's all these features that you have to pay to unlock in a Tesla, right? And then Tesla will say and that- a z- And a zero, to be well, and, fair. Right. Zero, yeah, zero that has a lot of those too. Yeah. And, and this is what I'm getting at, right? So now that we have all these bikes that have these over-the-air updates and everything, you know, in these in these Tesla cars and all this stuff, there's all these features you pay to unlock. And Tesla will even say, "Oh, there's features the car can have that we that we don't even make available for you to unlock." Right? So it makes me wonder yeah. what is there in a Tesla, or but more specifically a Zero, that the bike can do that just out of spite we don't even know that it can do. Yeah. Well, everything's on it from the heated grips to the extra charge capacity. Actually, there there is one thing. I, if you want the charge tank, I think you have to let them know because that is a piece of hardware that has to get installed. But everything else, like the speed, the heated grips, uh, some of the display shit, you know, even even some power cap capability, like from fourteen to seventeen kilowatts, that is unlocked. That is already on the bike. And it's there, but you're just not paying for it. Do you know BMW does this shit too? And I think Porsche yeah. does this to some uh-huh. degree. Yeah. There's a ton of ton yeah, of shit right disgusting. now. A ton of luxury cars with features that you don't get until you unless you subs- uh Porsche and BMW have a subscription. The Cypher store for zero and maybe Tesla, um, you just download, you know, you pay for it 
and then download it and you got it. Uh, at least on yeah, zero. The golden age of um, motorcycles, man. Oh five to oh fifteen. You know? Yeah. Like it, the, the yeah. all the bikes with the nastiest, most awesome power ever are in that zone. Yeah. All like and yep. they're 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 all fuel injected and have the modern everything, but they don't have this new modern shit, which is actually a downgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Post you know, twenty fifteen was like the peak of the IMU. And after that, it's there. It's been used to block more shit, and then subscription services. And sure, there's like the Yamaha, like YZF R, uh, 450R, like race bike that comes with like mappable. Like, like there's there's one cool thing is that race bikes, race dirt bikes, are getting like programmable, mappable shit. But, um, <laughs> you know street bikes are just getting more and more locked and locked and locked and locked. And so, yeah, I, I have a feeling that anonymous is really going to help us out and bring us back into the golden age of motorcycling. Um, and my final, my final prediction, and this one's based on something you said earlier where we can rely on constants, uh, and you know how some of the old mechanical shit, uh, works still because it, it's based on constants. I have a feeling that one of my predictions here, what, which one was it? It was number, uh, three, everyone's going to make electric vehicles and make the production of the electric vehicles and the production of electricity is going to raise the atmosphere, the global temperature, uh, and has been raising it for the last like 15, Wasn't this your first 20 years. Prediction? This is my third oh. one. Um, I think that it's going to alter the atmosphere to such a degree that we will no longer, it's going to heat it up so the air becomes super thin and we won't, we will no longer, those, those constants are going to change and they're going to change like El Nino. It's going to uh, go up and right. down. It's like altimeters won't work so one anymore. Year, and, yeah. Um, one year your, your carb is going to run great for about two years and then it'll run like shit. I'll be super lean. Um, everyone will have to buy those smart uh, carbs. Yeah, exactly. You're going to just be, have to be able to tune it on the fly. I think that. <laughs> Ooh, well, well, that's that's true too. But get you can get a 2015 bike, and it won't. You know, the meters and everything on that'll be just fine. They'll adjust to whatever's there. But, but yeah, we're definitely gonna. It's gonna throw off like uh, air temperature sensors are gonna be all over the place. Um, what's it called? Like pumping losses, like atmospheric pressure, even will be different. I know the temperature doesn't necessarily affect pr atmospheric pressure, but kind of. You know, it can. So. Uh, yeah, I think that um, I think that that uh, your your prediction that the, <laughs> the atmospheric constants is not going to be constant anymore. Either that, or I'm going to go out on a limb here, and this one might actually be like 300 percent accurate. Aliens are going to come down and hit us with some sort of like wave beam technology that just blows the whole Earth's atmosphere off, or blows it out of you know the magnetic fields all over the place, and literally everything is like. 180 degrees from what we know it as today and nothing works. Our, right. our, not our magnetic, you know, magnetic, um, rheostatic, nothing works. Nothing, everything's, we have to design whole new motorcycles, whole new, whole new oh, anything. I just remembered so. another prediction. So, I mean, it's not good. Uh, well, I mean, it's again, it's, it's, a, it's got a 100% chance of coming true. So it's not really a prediction. This is just going to happen. But the uh, president of the Moto One Podcast Network is going to be caught with just massive amounts of child porn. I just 
so much child porn. You you almost sound certain of this as if you've seen some proof or been leaked or have some sort of uh some sort of secret document. Nothing was planted. I just know what's gonna happen. Okay. okay? It's just that right. the, he's he's a weird individual. And, you know, he may have threatened me with a couple things that has nothing to do with this. He's just going to get caught with a lot of child porn. I mean, you know how, like, digital information, like, doesn't really have, like, you know, weight, right? You know, you can take, like, an SD card and, like, fill it with information. It doesn't really weigh anymore, right? Right. It's going to have one that actually weighs 40. His hard drive is literally going to weigh, like, (laughs) hundreds of pounds, because of all the porn. <laughs> on oh all my the ch- god! Yeah. It's gonna be a pretty big awful. deal. Like this is gonna be a sort of like, you know, like OJ Simpson and uh, Bill Cosby. Right. Put those together. Career ending. Oh my That's god! What this this is, gonna is be like. Wow. Wow. Who? Maybe there'll be a special uh, a show that on the network that. Uh, like some sort of news expose show that talks about it. But um, man, hey, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on this week's show uh-huh. and uh, sharing your predictions with us and sharing some certainty, actually, now that you know. Sounds like you know something that I'm I just sharing that the, the rest good of Moto- news. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, no, I am. I'm very excited. And uh, yeah, thank you again for coming on. Um, I can't thank you enough. If people want to find you, they need to go to uh, the Beast Man Show, GSX, uh, GSXR 600 FM, The Squid. Uh, it can be found on all your local radio Weekdays dials. at drive time. Weekdays at drive time. Uh, traffic on the fives, I think, still. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on again uh, for some more, uh, maybe mid-year. We'll see how our predictions, we'll give it six months to play out. Uh, as every good long game yeah, should. Yeah, most of them will have come um, and true we'll, by then. Yeah, exactly. There, there might be a few that didn't, but like, just give them two or three more months. But yeah, I can't thank you enough. And um, we're going to close out the show with a Christmas uh, song. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to. I'll just, me and Tober will sing okay. it. But um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll talk with you next time you're All in right, town. Later. McMurphy toot it twice Once was bad and once smelled nice Old McMurphy, he's our friend And I love the sounds of his rear end Old McMurphy One smelled bad and one smelled nice Old McMurphy, he's our friend I love the smell of his rear end Oh, 
All right, everybody. Well, happy holidays from myself and Tobor. Tobor, you want to say anything? I only celebrate the day I became sentient, but I can appreciate that you have days which are considered days of reverence and reflection. I hope those days are happy. All right. That's all you're getting.